0: Welcome to From the Field. My name is Ryan Hughley. I'm lead pastor of Formation Church in Salt Lake City, Utah, and I write about developing relationship with God at ryanhugley.com.
1: My name is Tyler Dravitz. I'm the executive pastor at Formation, and I also lead a company called MyXP, where we help pastors solve problems by providing remote executive pastor support to churches around the country. Learn more at myxp.church.
0: All right. We are rounding out a series of conversations on managing morale Mm -hmm. and I won't summarize the whole thing, but essentially we've, we've talked about the importance of looking at the morale uh, of our communities and, and asking the question, like how, how are we feeling about us? And many churches are experiencing low morale right now, and so we've been talking about how do we manage that in the sense of how do we begin to move our morale up and to the right, as Mm -hmm. opposed to feeling like we're kind of on this sinking ship together. Totally. And so we've talked about the importance of diagnosing the problem, Mm -hmm. discerning what the solution is, and then how do we go about driving to the finish and solving this, this problem together. So if you've missed those three conversations, would highly encourage you to go back and to listen to those this week. uh, We want to talk a little bit about joy and specifically how we go about cultivating cultures of joy. Mm. Because if you think about like probably the most obvious antidote to negative morale would be to have a culture of joy, in our churches, and so a lot of this comes out of a sermon I did during Advent last year mm-hmm. um, about uh, the, the the theme of joy. And so some of it came out of like, I want to talk about this a little bit because it seemed to resonate with a lot of people as it did with me. But as I was working through, I was thinking about how we have a tendency as people to really fixate on the negative and difficult things in our lives. Oh, man. Right? That it just Mm. seems like it's like a magnetic force. Mm. And so as I was thinking about that, I had this sentence like drop into my head where I thought like the human soul is a sponge for bad news. Mm -hmm. Like we just seem like we all know what a sponge does. It absorbs Mm -hmm. whatever it's put into. And it just seems like, like you could be surrounded by a sea of good things. Yep. And when there's like one hard, difficult negative thing that just seems to be like, it's like a horse with blinders on. It's all you see. Oh yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, I was in a situation uh, even in the last couple of months where large in part, everything was amazing, Mm -hmm. and I had one thing that, in the scheme of things, is not that insane, Mm -hmm. uh, but just was weighing. And I mean, I mean, couldn't get my mind off of it for any reason for no matter what I try, it would just like, and, and really, um, and like, and I have to own, like, I allowed it to steal the joy from many situations, circumstances, and experiences that should have otherwise been so good, Mm. but I was just so, like weighed down by the reality of of this thing that was happening that I for sure resonate with that idea and it's real, it's a real struggle for me.
0: And so as I was thinking about that, I had this I was like, oh that's an interesting, like maybe that's an interesting insight about just like humanity. Mm -hmm. And I've I've learned to to like Google (laughs) and figure out like, I wonder if there's any like like this isn't just original to me. Like I wonder if there's like research that backs this up. Uh And again, like I'm not a psychologist, so I have no background in any of this, but I spent a couple of hours reading about this reality called negativity bias, Mm -hmm. which it turns out is a highly researched reality in our lives. Mm. Negativity bias is a cognitive bias that every single person has where our brains actually, uh, tend to be more stimulated by things that are negative and hard and difficult. Mm. So it turns out, when it comes to joy, your actual brain is more adversary than it is ally, and so it's why you, we we can all remember. You know, words that were spoken over us, even as children that Mm -hmm. were harmful to us or hurtful to us. But we don't oftentimes have a lot of like specific memories of like good things. Yeah, there is something. So there's been I'll spare you all the research, but a study was done at the University of Boulder in Colorado where they took, I think, 33 different participants. And they put three different kinds of pictures in front of them while their brains were also being measured for activity as well. Mm -hmm. So there were neutral images like a light switch or a light socket, just a nothing image. And there were positive ones of people like enjoying themselves. And there were negative ones. I think one of the images was just a picture of like a gun pointing at the face of the person that was looking at the image. Mm. And what they found to a person was that every single person's brain Uh, lights up more with the negative images than mm. any of the other ones. Yeah. So literally, your soul is a sponge for bad news, mm. which means that joy is not something that just happens to us. And biblically, like joy and happiness are not synonymous. No. Related but not the same. To sure. your point, joy is more of an attitude that has to be chosen. Yeah. And and I would argue to be a real a cultural reality in our churches and in our own lives that it's something that has to be cultivated. Yeah. And so we've been spending some time talking about. what what is a daily practice for us to be able to cultivate joy Mm -hmm. that I would say Then translates to a culture of joy in our churches. Does that make sense? Yeah. So absolutely. So the first one is, um, so this this is something that in our Advent series I recommended to people as a daily practice. So not like a buffet where you sort of pick and choose. I like number one and three, but two's not for me. Mm -hmm. I really think there's something special about this these three ingredients coming together to help cultivate joy in our lives. So the first one is to savor Scripture. And um, and so some people might hear that and just hear like, okay, so I need to read my Bible. Mm. And I would say, no, it's more specific than that. You and I both grew up, and I'm actually curious, and we haven't actually talked about this. I referenced this in my sermon. But do you remember, like the I, I made the argument that I, I would say that evangelical culture more than any other yeah. has prized... Uh, quantity of reading over quality of oh, reading yeah. when it comes to scripture. So yeah. do, you, do you remember like it being like the, the, like this badge, like you're the, like a real Christian. If you read through the Bible every year.
1: Oh yeah. And no matter what you accomplished, the person you were talking to had done it like three times as well. Oh, just once. Huh? I, wow. I've read through the whole thing four <laughs> times this year. I'm on number five. I wonder if I'll get there. And you're like, Okay. Yeah. Get away from me. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I, and I would say like obviously there is can be tremendous benefit in reading mm. through the whole Bible in a year. Sure. I think that that it does have some liabilities that come with it or some shortcomings or weaknesses. It's not the only way. I would argue. Um, that for someone like you that has ADHD, Mm my son has ADHD where focus is a real issue, expecting people to be able to focus for that sum of time for that amount of reading Mm -hmm. is unfair.
1: I would need all the Adderall, all the Adderall. Just all of it. Yeah.
0: But someone that has an actual like more severe learning disability, like dyslexia, it -hmm. can be, I mean, impossible for them to do that. The other thing I would think is always really important to point out is like, like for hundreds of years, it was not possible because <laughs> mm-hmm. no one had the whole Bible right. in that fashion or form. Sure. So that's not to say that it shouldn't be encouraged. I'm just saying like it, it should not be this legalistic weight around people's neck. Yeah. That like, if you're really a Christian, you're going to read through the Bible in a year. Right. I, I would say one of the most important pieces of or important shifts to make to actually learn to sit with Jesus in scripture is to spend more time with less scripture, mm. which I know is something that you have really felt set free in over yeah. the last few years, yep. you know, where you've just kind of let go. Like what's, what is your reading scripture reading process look like right now?
1: Yeah. I mean, I read uh, a chapter a day, um, so in the last few years, I haven't read more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've exclusively read from the message. So mm-hmm. two things that I think I've like been vocally critical of in the past, it just shows you how little I know. Yeah. Um, for my personal reading time, you know, I was talking with, uh, a friend at our church and they were like, yeah, you know, I, I you know, they were like, they were like kind of floating it out as like, you know, on occasion I, I opened that and I was like, yeah, personally, it's the only, like, I know we do this. You're
0: not confessing porn. Yeah, It's okay to read the message. (laughs) For
1: sure. I I just feel like, uh, you know, as our church, we do the CSB. I Uh read the CSB when it's on the screen because you're like teaching from it. Otherwise, like, that's where I'm at. Yeah. And I have enjoyed it far more than any of the other, you know, like check off my reading plan and, you know, and then you lose the bookmark that had the reading plan on it. You can't remember where you, I mean, it's just a whole thing. And I think again, um, certainly not to be critical of anyone who finds that to be a blessing to them. But for me, I don't learn that way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really challenging. I've been really, really grateful for the dwell app, mm-hmm. uh, because it helps me, uh, pay attention to have it like, like. Like I have my Bible open and I'm like reading it, but and also listening. having it read to me, Interesting. Uh, that's a really, really helpful way for me to keep on task. Mm-hmm. Uh, because even if like my mind starts to wander, like they keep going, yeah. <laughs> whoever yeah. the person is. Um, and um, yeah, so that's been really helpful for me, but that's like, that's it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's good.
1: Yeah. Every yeah. once in a while when a psalm's real short, I might go for two. Yeah. But sometimes I really use it as an opportunity to like repeat it a couple times. Yeah,
0: then. which is great. Yeah. So I, I would just encourage if you have not spent very much time reading about Lectio Divina, Uh, as a way of, which is essentially just a method of reading that turns our reading to prayer and helps us actually dialogue and talk with God about what it is that he's highlighting for us in a text, that would be the most specific way that we can learn to really savor and spend time with scripture. Mm. Because again, the goal is to allow God to speak to us in a way that turns our hearts toward joy. So that's the first thing is to savor scripture. The second one is to store up gratitude. And the way that I encourage people to do that, like, I I would argue that um, we are in any given day, constantly flooded with experiences of God's goodness toward us Mm -hmm. for which we should be grateful. But oftentimes we just miss it. Like it's, it's, it's almost like God's goodness is so normative that we don't, always recognize it yeah. when it happens because yeah. we're used to it. And the example that I give is like, you know, anyone that's ever been to salt Lake city here in our Valley, they tend to be even people who are from Colorado or other, yeah. other parts of the Rockies. They're blown away by how close our mountains are, mm. you know, cause and like they
1: were beautiful this morning, man. I don't know if they oh, still are, the but snow, oh, yeah. yeah.
0: But, you know, we are, you know, as unlike if you're in downtown Denver, you're like an hour from the mountains. Mm -hmm. And here, if you are in downtown, you're like a 10 minute walk Mm -hmm. from like they are on top of us. And so I remember when we first moved here, there were times I literally almost drove off the road because Mm -hmm. I was just like, God, they're just gorgeous. Every store you walk out, every time you come outside, you're just like. This is the most beautiful place I've ever been in my life. Yeah. Well, it's been five years, and I still fight to, like, appreciate that. But I'd be lying if I didn't admit, like, yeah, it's lost on me sometimes. There's whole days I'm like, oh, yeah, look, a mountain. Yeah. And it's just normative. And I think that God's goodness to us is often like that. Yeah. And so it can just be very easy to, to miss it. And so I, I recommend people using a tool, a, a form of the Ignatian examen prayer, mm. which is a way of reviewing the prior day mm-hmm. to be able to to look for and to recognize like where was God at work in that mm. day. So what I tell people is like take an opportunity to either at the end of the day to review the prior day or at the beginning and think back over the last... I'm a morning person. So I do it in the morning and I think about the prior day and I start asking the Holy spirit to help me see where he was good to me. Mm. And then I think about it. Like if I was watching a YouTube video, you know how you can scrub through a YouTube video. Mm -hmm. And so I, I like scrub through my day and on points at which God draws my attention to something that I have to be grateful for, I like imagine hitting pause mm. on that. And then I write that down in my journal. Cause I think there's something important about physically storing that up, whether it's mm. in your phone or a journal, but in my journal, if you were to go look at it today or any day, I have like a pretty solid, almost page, half page to page long paragraph every day of like, big and small things to be grateful for. Hmm. And it has radically altered the way that I go into the day because I'm starting at going like, God, God was really good to me yesterday. And especially on the negativity bias thing. Yeah, Like if I'm consumed by that one thing I have like literally in front of me, but there is these 25 things <laughs> that I should have to really be grateful for. Sure. So for you, do you have, like, do you find it difficult to, recognize and to capture like what just talk of maybe a little bit about for you in your own practice, like what it looks like to try to capture things that you're grateful for. Do you find Hmm. that? Does that cause I do think that for some people it tends to be pretty natural. It's not natural for me. Like I have to be pretty intentional about it. Mm -hmm. So does it come naturally to you or no?
1: Um, I think, um, yeah, I think, um, Does it come naturally for me to store up gratitude? Yeah, I think, um, I have this really, um, I think because of the way that God's wired me and just like the amount of like behind the scenes and little details and things like that, that I do, um, I'm always, I find myself so, um, like grateful, shocked, like, um, aware of God's presence and working in my life when like, the tiny stuff works out. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, like heal a loved one of cancer and like, you know, that like check that you need that shows up in the mail Mm -hmm. to like, you know, keep things going or what, like, those are great. Those are obvious. Uh, Yeah. yeah. Those are great. It just, um, it just seems like that, like for some reason that doesn't feel as much, you know, I get that nothing's like work for God, but Mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like as much work. It's just Mm -hmm. like, you know, there you go. And, you know, just orchestrating the tiny details and like what had to happen and what like had to be like ordered for, all of this to work out that I got like, you know, so here's a great example, um, uh, moving into my condo. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, so I, it was a new build. And when I started the process, um, the interest rate was at like 3% and I was gonna end at 7.25, and then they dropped right at the end, so it was six and a half, but that still makes a significant difference. Not doubled my payment, but pretty close mm-hmm. for what, and it's just interest. Yeah. And knowing what it could have been and what it is was really frustrating, and so that is not something that I would be grateful for. However, um, as a result of you know the date moving and some things changing, I also had the opportunity to move in like three days after Black Friday, And um, I was moving into a bigger space, uh, changing a bunch of things. There were just, like, a bunch of needs I had. I've never really owned anything. So I didn't have, like, it didn't come with a fridge. I didn't have one. It didn't come with a washer dryer. I didn't have, you know, I've always rented. Yeah. Um, And, like, and the fact that it worked out that, like, I had this whole spreadsheet of all these things I wanted to get and, like, what the prices were and I was trying to save for them. And long story short, I was able to get... A lot of things that were going to be pushed off for at least another year because by the timing of me moving in when I did, I got like Black Friday deals like crazy and saved over what I thought was going to be thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's that type of thing that like causes me to feel like loved by God and care yeah. because it feels very individual mm-hmm. um, to me. And mm-hmm. like, I don't believe that like Black Friday was once created so that like I could move into my condo this year. Mm-hmm. But um, it's not like the idea that... Even back the, whenever that, well, I don't even know where it comes from, but like, you know, God's in control of everything that happens. And, and the reality that that was a thought on his mind is just very significant for me. And so mm-hmm. I think it's in those types of things that um, I find it like Something I'm really aware of.
0: Yeah. And I I actually would argue that the power in this practice in particular is in learning to recognize and store up these quote unquote little things. Yeah. Because the reality is the people being healed of cancer, those big checks that come, like those are miraculous things, obviously miraculous things that don't happen all of the time. Right. And these small things are equally miraculous, but they're happening around us all the time and we just miss them. For sure. So that's, I, I would I would argue the power is in really recognizing those small things. Yeah, yeah. So the last thing, um, so we've had talked about savoring scripture, storing up gratitude. The last thing I would say is learning to stay present to blessing. Mm. So storing up gratitude is more of a reflective, like yeah. looking back. This one is about... In the here and the now, like I, I have yeah. found, in, I don't
1: do good at this one. No, I know you don't.
0: <laughs> and, but and let's just and let's call out like part of this is that would be symptomatic of your ADHD. Yeah, like presence can be sure much more challenging for. So if you are someone who has ADHD, no, this one might be more of a ballot sure. uh, of a battle for you. That being said, it's it's really just about stopping in any given moment and asking the question, what is every evidence around me right now that God is good? Mm -hmm. And so like sitting here right now, we're sitting in, we have this beautiful parlor Mm -hmm. in our office that by and large is just for us to podcast in. Yeah, (laughs) Handful of meetings have taken place in here, but by and large, we podcast in here. It has great lighting. Megan Mm -hmm. designed it. So it's beautiful. We have comfortable chairs. Yeah, We have good recording equipment which we've not always had any of those things I just said. Sure. Um, I'm sitting here with my best friend Mm -hmm. doing meaningful work. Yep. Like this is part of our vocation that we get to sit and have like what we think are important conversations that are going to be helpful to people. Like right there is like 10 to 15 amazing blessings that we that is from God. Well, even the fact that we're
1: in an environment vocationally where we get to be honest about the things we think and feel about ministry. Yeah. That hasn't always been the case. I mean, that's not something that probably the vast majority of our listener listeners have the luxury to be able to do.
0: Yeah. But I've, man, I've been doing this like when I'm driving, when it comes to mind, just like as I drive, what, what, what are all of the things right now that Mm -hmm. I can't, and it's just, it's unbelievable in any given moment and that the number of blessings that you can identify and it's incredible the effect that that has in maybe leveling out especially in those moments of overwhelm mm. where negativity bias is raging that one thing that's consuming has all of your attention and you kind of go into this dogfight mode against that by going no what right now i'm going to be present to the ways in which god is Is blessing me actively right now. Mm -hmm. And it just begins to level you out in the midst of that and to give you reason for great joy. So I would say, even if it isn't natural and it is hard, like, and man, do, you could do practical things. You could set a reminder in your phone. If you're Mm -hmm. not an actively, easily mindful person, you could get a reminder three times a day on your phone that pops up and just stop and ask that question. I'm going to take 10 seconds. And just look around. What do I see? What do I hear? And, and what is a, a, an evidence of God's blessing around mm. me right now? And so what I would encourage you to do is not only adopt this in your own life, but find either your own language or use this, like, take this language. I could care less. But get this into the language of your culture and notice the way that it begins to cultivate joy. And with time, if this is something that you really stay on top of, I do believe it's something that will help Uh, level out our morale and keep us in a place of joy rather than seasons of dread Mm, which is where mm. so many of us find ourselves
1: yeah it's good
0: so uh, we really appreciate you listening along uh, to this series and uh, if you have any questions or feedback we would love to be able to connect with you on social media so you can find me on twitter facebook and instagram at ryan Hughley, that's h-u-g-u-l-e-y
1: and you can find me on the same platforms at at tyler dravitz that's d-r-e-w-i-t-z
0: thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next time